This episode is brought to you by our Fresh Start Full Mastery Program, a seven-month intensive and personalized growth program coming soon, designed to help you take complete ownership and fully embody a powerful, positive parenting way of life. Join the waitlist now to get instant access to the no-holds-barred cheat sheet, three common mistakes and beliefs that hold parents back from reaching full fluency as an empowered parent. Just head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash full mastery to join the waitlist where in addition to the free cheat sheet, you'll also get special pricing and other bonuses when the program launches in April. Well, hello there, listeners. I'm so excited that you are here for a new episode. I'm Wendy Snyder, positive parenting educator and family life coach, and your host of the Fresh Start Family Show. This episode is a good one, you guys. It's with Terry. And him and I had the honor of interviewing our dear friend and mentor, Dan Sivils. And we're talking about how it's okay to be a work in progress and also about how ruminating and worrying is unhelpful in our lives, but constructive feedback or looking at ways we need to learn and grow is actually good and healthy. And so Dan's just going to drop so much incredible knowledge um, in this conversation, and I'm excited for you guys to hear it. But he's actually been on the show before. He was on episode 27 about um, why resistance shows up in our lives. It's a really good one, especially if you have maybe a spouse that's resistant to this work, or you just have areas in your life that you're like, why am I so resistant at times to learning a new way or doing things differently? Dan really speaks to how to handle resistance in episode 27 of the Fresh Start Family Show, and it is just such a good one. But, um, you know, he talked a lot about his the way he became a life coach and why he is so passionate about what he does. But I thought I today, before we just get started on this episode, I would just read to you a little bit about Dan from his website so you can get to get to know him a little bit before we hop right into discussion, this this discussion today. So Dan writes on his website, "Um, once a lawyer who built my purpose within the walls of a courtroom, I could not ignore the innate feelings that I was meant for something else, something more. I shed my skepticism towards self-reflection and was challenged to confront restrictions I imposed on my potential, I decided to embark on an inward journey that revealed my passion for personal growth. I began exploring that passion and found that I came alive when I guide up, I come alive when I guide others toward their own calling. I traded my career as an attorney for a role as a certified instructor and life coach. My gift is guiding others toward their true purpose. And let me tell you, he is a damn good life coach. He is he was one of the first life coaches that I ever had guide me in a year infinite life training and coaching course room. And I'll never forget the life-changing things he said to me and he helped me through so many limiting beliefs um, during that initial course. And to this day, he's just stayed a dear friend because I I admire, Terry and I both admire him so much. He's actually Terry's life coach now. So sometimes Terry will talk to him weekly, other times monthly, but um, he just really is an incredible soul. And we just cannot say enough great things about Dan. So you're going to love this episode. Again, we're talking today about how it's okay to be a work in progress and Every single one of us is a work in progress. So without further ado, enjoy this episode, families. Thanks so much for listening. If you haven't yet, hop over to your favorite podcast platform 
and make sure you push subscribe. And then also make sure you leave us a review, you guys. If you love our show, one of the best ways to say thank you um, to us for providing this free content for you is just to hop over to iTunes and leave a review. We would really, really be blessed by that. So thanks for taking an extra three to five minutes to do that today and enjoy this episode. Well, hey there, I'm Stella. Welcome to my mom and dad's podcast, The Fresh Start Family Show. We're so happy you're here. We're inspired by the ocean, Jesus, and rock and roll, and believe deeply in the true power of loving kindness. Together, we hope to inspire you to expand your heart, learn new tools, and strengthen your family. Enjoy the show. <laughs> All right, now let's take a sip of coffee because you guys are laughing. Well, hey there, families, and welcome to a new episode of the Fresh Start Family Show. We're so happy that you are here. Terry and I are beyond excited to be sitting here with our dear friend and mentor, Dan Civils, who is a lawyer-turned-certified instructor and life coach. Welcome, Dan. Yeah, Dan. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) It is good to be here. It is good to be here. It is good to have you. I have been anticipating this interview for a while now because I just have so much, we just have so much fun when we sit with you. Um, Dan, listeners, you are going to enjoy this conversation because Dan is a wealth of knowledge, but he's also just so much fun. And between him and Terry, we're going to try to get through this interview without cracking up the entire time. (laughs) One of the reasons why we're so excited to have Dan on the show is because of very things like this, that we can talk about subjects and the messes of life and still have fun doing it, still laugh, still poke fun at ourselves Mm -hmm. um, because that's, it's your choice. That's part of it. You know, you you can, that can be part of the process if you let it. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's talk about our subject matter and um, take going, when. Okay, you guys. So we are going to talk about how it is okay to be a work in progress. And we've got a lot of questions for Dan. We're going to have a great talk today, but one of them is going to be how to separate, um, you know, the difference between negative self-talk or rumination, as Dan likes to call it, versus constructive awareness or realizing that you got some stuff to work on. Another other um, title I had an idea to call this episode was how to believe in yourself when you realize you got a lot of stuff to work on. That was a long drawn out <laughs> a lot. It's fair. That was fair. Yeah. 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 That was fair. So yes. Um, so this is so good. And like Terry said, um, you know, if you, well, I'll back up. If you haven't listened to the Fresh Start Family Show episode where Dan was our guest before, I should have checked the number of it. Um, but it's it's called How to Handle Resistance when you have people in your life that are very resistant to learning, growing, doing something different, getting healing work or, or therapy or life coaching. And that was back. But if you do a quick Google, you will find it. Um, resistance episode on the Fresh Start Family Show. Um, but you know, one of the things we love about you, Dan, is like Terry said, you make it fun. You make learning and personal development fun. And holy smokes, you will call something out and you will somehow do it with humor. (laughs) But you have said to me some of the most profound things I've ever heard in my life that really 
changed me and set me on a different direction um, in my own path as a mom, as a, as a wife. Um, but so we've known Dan now for probably, I think, a decade. We yeah. got to know each other through, yeah, through um, your infinite life where... Um, Back when he had short hair. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> yes. And um, one of the, the courses that I went through where you were a course instructor was called Remembrance Course. And I'll, and I'll never forget, we went through this incredible exercise where you helped me to kind of uncover this old limiting belief pattern that I was operating out of that had something to do with like the world's crazy. Everyone's nuts. Like I got to do it all by myself. I'm alone. So therefore I'm going to freaking do it because I got to freaking do it. <laughs> and like, <laughs> and the new one was like, no, everyone's fine. I'm safe. I'm loved. Therefore I like must just keep giving hugs. And it was like groundbreaking. It was a lot, you know, that was the, I believe you had a little girl that showed up in your life that helped you make that move. Oh my gosh. Stella. Stella. And, and here's, and here's the cool thing about that class that, that literally was one of those statements that it changed everything for me. But, you you know, after we got through that exercise and I had shed a few tears, beautiful, amazing tears, and and I hugged you and I was like, thanks, Dan. And you were like, yeah, yeah. You're like, well, here's, I got a question for you, though. You were like, Wendy, when are you going to finally freaking believe that you're an amazing mother? And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and it was like the deepest, most... Um, it affected me so much because oh. I realized at that point, I I really, I hadn't put a lot of thought into it, but I sure as hell did not believe I was a great mom. I could have told you 50 reasons why I was effing my child up, why I was stuck, why I wish I could do better, why I was like all these, you know, before I, I really started learning all this stuff with you and your infinite life. And to this day, I still look at that moment and it just sent me down a path where I started to think about things in a much different light. Um, and it was just really beautiful. So you do That's have awesome. this. It, yeah. And you just have this incredible way of doing that for people. So so talk to us about, let's just get it kicked off with the, the difference between negative self-talk or rumination versus constructive awareness. Um, yeah. How would, how would you ting, ping that up? Well, and you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna speak from kind of my experience at first, just as a as a man and as a father and a husband. Um, you know, one of the things that occurs in life is we have challenges and we've got to figure those out. Well, I love to figure things out, and you know, there's in that process of figuring things out, there's going to be negative self talk. There's going to be some positive self-talk too when you're figuring things out, you know, but there comes a point when you're figuring things out that you can feel it if now you're no longer figuring things out as much as you're going over things again, just out of worry or, you know, any insecurity or just the unknown, you start thinking it through again and again and again and again. Now, that is when now that's somewhat destructive because you're no longer figuring it out. You're actually using like this figuring out process to settle your fear down. And it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really work that way. Destructive talk in that sense isn't going to make you feel better. And so, and let's say something about negative self-talk. 
Everyone has it. It's just a normal part of the brain. The ego is going to generate negative self-talk. Why? Very simply, because its job is to keep you alive. And so it wants to be in control. You know, if you are riding your bike down the road and close your eyes and lift up your arms and feel free, it's the ego that says, hey, this is dumb. You're going to wreck, <laughs> you know, and but it's also the thing that it will generate negative self-talk because that's what makes your life predictable. We think of worst case scenarios easily. We have to kind of sometimes struggle to believe best case scenarios. You know, our ego prepares us for what can go wrong. It makes sense that it would. It's just that you want to pay attention to when your ego is just doing its natural job of kind of telling you all the risks versus when you're figuring things out as a purpose towards a, some goal. Your ego will just negative self-talk all day. And you can tell what it is because it's usually not as smart as the way you think. So my negative self-talk, if it's something like, well, you're dumb, like I know that's my yeah. negative self-talk. My negative self-talk isn't going to say, you know, uh, you don't seem to have a great vocabulary in this area. Maybe you should study such and such. My ego's never going to be smart. <laughs> yes. So when I'm figuring things out, a lot of times I'm using education, experience, I'm smart. When I have negative self-talk, a lot of the times it's simply critical. It's not constructive. What is constructive? I th it was the phrase you used constructive awareness? Yeah. Or what did you say? Yeah. The, you know, the thing is, when you become aware of something you were not aware of before that's in your way, the first thing that happens is some suffering because yeah. you realize, oh, you know, I've been doing that. I didn't know it. So inevitably, you might have something to clean up with your wife or your kids or people at work when you discover, oh, I've been acting a way I didn't know. You know, constructive awareness is the first step. The second step is always going to be self-acceptance. Yeah. So constructive awareness, an example of that is uh, I may think I'm connecting with people at work. And I may get feedback, you don't seem to listen. Now, I'm thinking about back right. when I practices with a lot of people. And that actually was important to me because if I wasn't, if my staff didn't feel like I was communicating and connected to them and seeing them, we didn't get nearly done what we needed to. And more importantly, uh, things get missed, uh, problems get unsolved, resentment builds, the social structure begins to suffer. You know, all because I was doing something I didn't know. So when I find out, okay, now I know, oh, I can see what I'm doing. That's when I'm at risk of beating myself up. Yeah. Oh, now I see it. What's the appropriate thing to do? Well, I'll beat myself up. Well, we, it's not, but that's what we'll do first. And that's not constructive to beat ourselves up. What constructive would be then is to look at that and find self-acceptance in it. Now, what does that mean? It means you got to love yourself, like yourself, 
as you are. You know, you probably have people in your life you love that way. Most of us don't say to our kids, you know, I love you, but here's the five things you need to finish before you're really going to get daddy's love. Well, we say it in our actions if you're, <laughs> yeah. if you're stuck in a, a, you know, yeah. We'll end up model. doing that with our children if we do it with ourselves. Yeah. You know, so if the key is to walk the walk to teach your children, you know, you got to do it. And so if you find yourself being critical with that awareness, the key is you've just got to accept yourself as you are. And here's the truth. You're not ever going to be done. Yeah. I think that's an, so important for people to realize. I mean, as I was listening to you, you talk through that, Dan, um, I'm, I'm so right there with you. But just to make sure that everybody who's listening is walking down the same path as us, let's, let's put something out to you guys. You're all a work in progress. And I know, Dan, you, you mentioned that there's something in the, the, the male brain or ego that thinks that somehow we fix and we finish, we fix and we finish, that there are these moments in our life or maybe even years or maybe even from here on out that you're right, you're finished. And um, I think in order for um, listeners to to grasp what we're talking about, you just have to be humble enough to say, you're you're never finished. You are constantly a work in progress. And being humble enough to understand that will give you the self-awareness to see these things and not like, like you were pointing out just like a, a thing that happened in the, in the workplace for you. If you had such a wall put up that it's like, no, I'm, I'm good. It's their problem. You're going to walk through, through life just with a, you know, a set of blinders on and, you know, that's not going to serve you very well. It's not going to serve the people around you very well. And I imagine that everybody's here because they do, they want to step forward. So, yeah, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I coach a lot of people all over the age spectrum. You know, one of the hardest things is when I'm coaching, you know, I'm going to use a man in this instance, who's in his sixties and is either done or wrapping up career. If they haven't done personal development work, that's when it hits. Mm, yeah. And it's it's hard because at 65, often you look back and you, you're like, oh, goodness, I've got a lot more things that went differently than I thought they did that are heartbreaking. And I've got l- very little time to fix it all. Yeah, That's the feeling. Yeah. And, and so the thing I would say is no one gets a pass. Life has requirements. And each of us, just like on my shirt, I have a tag that tells me how to take care of it. We have care instructions. And if we don't take care, things won't work. You know, things will fall apart. Love has to be nurtured. No different than earning a living requires effort and change and work. We have to eat every day. You know, there's a lot of things that we've got to do throughout our life. And one of them is we've got to work on what's on inside of us. And, and there's a ton of ways to do that. But 
my recommendation is that everyone would do that. Now, I, I can tell you my experience in business. Most businesses recommend coaching for people. Like it's become a thing of why wouldn't we do this? Because, you know, talking about yourself for an hour to a therapist can be great. But sometimes if you can talk to someone more than that, that can be even better. So, you know, I would say to people, uh, seek help, seek guidance, and begin that process. If you are in a position where you recognize, oh, I haven't been treating people the way I want you know, especially my loved ones, and you're feeling really guilty about that, that can end up being a barrier to you getting help. You're just so overwhelmed with acknowledging, hey, I, I've messed up, that you'll have a tendency to put it off. And the thing is, look in the mirror and just say, okay, I got I to gotta get back on the road. And it's hard to do that. But Terry, what you said is really necessary, humility. You know, humility sometimes is just recognizing that the most loving thing we can do, the strongest thing we can do, is learn and get some guidance. Parents, listen up. There is something very special coming soon that I'm really excited to tell you about. And that is our Fresh Start Full Mastery Program, where you will spend seven months getting personally mentored by me, learning, growing, and being poured into on every level as a parent. This program is very limited in seats due to its high level of support and mentorship. So if you're interested at all in expediting your journey from stressed to thriving as a parent, and you want to step into full ownership, embodiment, and advocacy as an empowered parent, I encourage you to go ahead and sign up for the waitlist to be notified when this program opens for enrollment. As a bonus for hopping on the waitlist, I'll send you my no-holds-barred cheat sheet, where I sum up the three most common fears and beliefs that hold parents back from reaching full fluency as an empowered, thriving parent. Plus, parents on the waitlist will get a special discount and bonuses when the program opens for enrollment in April. Just head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash full mastery to hop on the waitlist now and I'll send you more details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Oh my gosh, so good. This makes me think of like how when it comes to personal development and having a mentor to talk to often, right? Because I feel like that's the key is the consistency instead mm -hmm. of the emergencies, right? Like yeah. <laughs> that's what's been so nice for us over the years is like, you know, as we got to know you through the Your Infinite Life organization and we'd see you a lot, right? Versus like the last few years, especially because of COVID, we haven't seen you as much and they'll be like, an emergency where Terry has a bad, like Terry has a bad day or he's switching careers or, you know, his mind might flare up and we're like, we got to call Dan. It's an emergency. Like, let's get Dan on the phone. Let's have him help us or help you Terry or whatever. And it's like, I know that that is not 
as effective as just making this part of your routine, making this part of like how you take care of yourself, right? And I remember it's like the years I had the mentorship um, when I was working with Pam, you know, the founder of Your Infinite Life, every single month we would talk, we would work through some things. I would shed some tears if I need to. I would discover some new limiting beliefs that had popped up or some new protection behaviors. And those were the times when I had the most peace or I, I was able to shed the most kind of spider webs. But it makes me think of exercise, right? I remember 20 years ago um, when Terry and I first, 25 now, when we first moved to California, I was not a jogger. I was like, I do not jog. I cannot jog. My body just doesn't do it. I grew up a springboard diver. And he was like, are you sure, babe? I, you know, he's like, let's, tr- let's just try it a little bit. Let's just try it a little bit. And I was like, Okay. Over the years now, it has become my main form of self-care. Like at the end of every single day, almost, I'm like later, I'm going out on the trail. I grab the dog and it's like so life-giving. I can't imagine life without jogging. So it, and it becomes this like enjoyable act, right? And still going up the hill behind our house, which is like this giant hill, kicks my butt sometimes. I'm like, whoo. The other day it was cold, very cold here in California, Dan. Mm. Very cold. You would yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it was yeah. life-threatening. Yeah. <laughs> and I, my lungs were kind of on fire, but I got to the top and there was this beautiful sunset happening. And so um it's kind of the same with the for for me, the personal development work, it's become that. Like where now at first I was like, whoa, this is weird. Like, what do you mean we're gonna uncover limiting beliefs or look at my protections behaviors or what do you mean Dan's going to like call me out, you know, and be like, why do you do this or whatever? And now I like can't wait to get into a classroom with you. I can't, I would like love to have a phone call with you every single week, you know, like it just becomes part of how you take care of yourself. I love the analogy of the tag on our clothes. Like if you want to have peace and joy and um, you just, you just take care of yourself and, and all the personal development work, it's not scary it's liberating. It's, it's amazing. I, one more thing I want to say, there's a, someone we had on the the podcast who explained it not as personal development work, but as like self liberation work where you're like, yeah, you're uncovering your true self. Cause all the crap that we do, the yelling, the denial, the blame, the like thinking it's all our fault ruminating, whatever it is, all those protections, they've just stuff that's built up. That's not truly how God designed us to live. That's not truly what our hearts are. Um, so I love that, that idea of thinking of it as like self-liberation. You're clearing the cobwebs so you can like truly shine as a human being instead of living like buried underneath or like carrying around this backpack of rocks. You know, uh, one, uh, it's, Many people have probably heard this, but one of the regrets that people uh, who are near death talk about is they wish they would have lived a life true to themselves. And in further talking, what, what that really boils down to is they wish that every time they had met fear, they had faced it. And because that's the only way they could have been true to themselves. And when I say face fear, I mean, feel it. Yes. You know, uh, of uh, not feeling it and doing it doesn't work. If you feel the fear and do it, you transform. If you avoid the fear and do it, you just avoid the fear and do it. You don't reap the same kind of benefit. And so it does make so much sense. Like even when you're talking about your running and you talk about the sun coming up 
or the sun setting, either one. What we do is we give people the tools so when the sun does rise, they'll notice. Yes. You know, the, oh and that happens a million times a day. You come home from a hard day, and and if you have five children, you know, at that moment that may have seemed like a bad life choice, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a choice that has been made. And if you can find a way to come in and let the chaos of these little people actually soothe you. Like, that's fun. You know, and I I don't care what success you have. You'll reach a point at some time where you'll look back and it will matter to you that during that time you were building yourself and expressing yourself and succeeding that you didn't take down the people in your house. Yeah. Or that they are fulfilled and happy with you. You know, and the thing is, if you don't do this work and you, you reach success, what you're going to lack is satisfaction and fulfillment. Yeah. And it's like, that's kind of, you know, that's like saying, okay, I'm going to earn the money and then I'm just going to take the money and throw it away. It's like, that's, that's dumb. And so is it to think that, oh, I can do all this work for my career. I can learn all these things. But when it comes to being dad, I'm nailing it without any help. Like, mm. No, that's not the way it works. You know, and having friends is helpful. It's just that your friends often get to listen to you complain. And that's not working on it, complaining. Oh, good point. You know, yeah. and that's the benefit of talking to someone that's willing to call you out, whether you need to be told you're a good mom or you're making a mistake. You want to know the truth. And, yeah. and the reality is, as parents and as husbands, that we sometimes will be very logical and off track. Yeah. <laughs> And we'll know it later sometimes. And sometimes you can tell you you know it, you're just denying it because when you re-explain your point, you have to do it with anger. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, but the truth is, you know, we will make a lot of logical things in our head, but if we said them out loud, we'd be like, well, that does not make sense. <laughs> you know, why point, do we yeah. do that? And it's like, yeah. That's the place to start, because why do you do that? All of us grow up with limiting beliefs. It's just the nature of life. And, and you know, we could say even the purpose of life, if it's about discovering ourselves and living our life, it means we're going to uncover these limiting beliefs. One of the biggest things, and I'm gonna, if you guys don't mind, I'm going to segue into something yes, very please. simple. One of the things that happen uh, is that when you are parenting, you're going to have core fears. I'm not worthy. Some version. Every human being does. You know, in business, it shows up sometimes as I had a dream. I was giving a business talk or I was in school naked in front of the room. Yeah. (laughs) We all share. I'm I'm a fraud. Everybody else thinks I'm great. But if they really knew they know I'm a fraud. Like that is something that happens with all humans. And it's a doorway to growth. 
it's not going to be eradicated just like feelings can't be eradicated. It's a part of the human condition. But what it requires of us is that when we discover things that are limiting us, it requires us to become aware of them and figure out how to eradicate them. You know, that's just what life requires. And so looking at those limiting beliefs, sometimes you need help to do that. I would say, I still need help to do that. I'm just really more aware of when I need to reach out, if that makes sense. You know, and go ahead. I thought you guys. Yeah, well, I was just going to say that, you know, all of this does take a lot of either self-awareness or it takes um, a coach or a course to point this out in you or if you have a friend or a spouse kind of point these things out to you. And it seems like to me that people usually go from like, uh, there's nothing wrong with me. There's this wall up, like it's, it's how, you, how dare you yeah. point something out to me to then maybe <laughs> they then flip to a completely different script in their head of that. They're weak or broken. Like they go yeah. from like the strongest like stance to then it's like, Oh my gosh, I, um, uh, I'm, I'm not going to put on pants today. I'm a complete <laughs> failure. So, um, which like, is shame, right? <laughs> so I, I think that's an important thing to kind of prepare people for. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sure people have felt this at some point, but if, if you are starting to walk down this path of, um, of, of growth and then something stares at you in the face, whether you're pointing it out to yourself or somebody else's, you've given somebody else the permission to, or maybe you haven't given them permission to, and they are just pointing it out to you, that it's important for you to understand that um, you're not weak or broken. You're actually being refined in, in, this, in this process, which refining yeah. is actually making you um, stronger and more aware. Um, so talk to us for, for a minute, because I, I, you've taken far more people through that path um, than I have. Yeah, because well, I think, sorry, Dan, before you go, I think a lot of men like see it as weak or like, you know, if I'm, if I, if, if I admit something's like, if I admit I was in the wrong when I screamed at my kid or I'm always like threatening or blaming my wife or whatever it is like that. And then I admit that I need help and that I have a problem that I either it's with anger or like not believing in myself. There's all different types of protections that like that can be like, you're weak, you're broken. Now you're going to be viewed upon as like some sissy baby. That's how sissy I interpret baby. it. Sissy <laughs> baby. Well, I can I, hear this is an easy one because it, it's an example of how, it, you know, in our head, we might be thinking, I don't need this. I'm good. I'm strong, whatever. But if it, the truth is the the strong thing, the thing that requires courage is hard. And that's always going to be the truth. Acknowledging the truth is always going to be strength. And if the truth is you have something going on that is affecting your loved ones, that matters to you. And the truth is you can do things about it. That's always going to be the courageous thing. Is the th And I, I think of even like men crying. The men that I think of as a man's man cries. Yeah. You know, the, the, the people that are, and I don't mean, I mean 
the way you cry is very not important. Like I might tear up, which is a full on emotion for me. You know, so it's not that you got to look a certain way. But if you don't have the ability to tap into those feelings, then you're getting a D. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know how that's ever, you know, yeah, I'm nailing it. I'm getting a 60%. Boom, boom, boom. (laughs) Nope. You're failing. Yeah. You know, no different than if you walk out to your car and one of your tires is flat and you just say, it's got air in it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it doesn't. See you tonight. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so you good. Know, and and literally, what what you don't realize at some point, especially over a decade, if you're working in an office or you're around people, everyone knows, but you. <laughs> yes. And how a dude will think that's the strong thing because in the face of everyone seeing what I do every day to disturb relationships, I'm a hundred percent convinced I do nothing. It's all them. You know, that doesn't even sound strong. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that, you know, the I, 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 one of the challenges that occur for a man is, okay, I love my father. And, and, and we all have different kinds of parents. I'm, I'm talking about the, the, the dad who looks at his dad as he was the best or he still is the best. However. Mm-hmm. If you want to be your own man, there comes a time where you have to look at your father, not to put him down, not to pick him apart, but you have to look and say, okay, what do I want different from the way he was? It's not about criticizing him, but I think sometimes that's where men will will stop. Like, hey, I love and honor my father. I'm not going to look for his faults. And it's not about that. For me, I remember knowing when I was a young father, I was scared for when my son was going to turn eight because that was the time I stopped hanging out with my dad. I don't know why. It could have been things going on in his life. You know, I know that now. But at the time, I remember feeling like as a young father, oh, I don't know how to do this. So I was scared. Yeah. And I had enough uh, dysfunction with my dad that it made it easier to kind of think, oh, I got to work on this. But for people that don't have that dysfunction, they feel sometimes like they're being disloyal to say, oh, whoa, I don't want to be the way my dad was. How do I want to be different? And what I'm saying is the most loyal thing you can do is work on progressing yourself. That's what you want for your children. That's what your dad wants for you. And so some of that is about, okay, how did I feel as a child in my home? Am I creating what I want my family to feel? You know, if I'm not, am I brave enough to get help? Because that is bravery. You know, courage and bravery require that you feel afraid. If you don't feel afraid, it is not courage or bravery. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times we're like, I love to be brave and I do it without feeling anything. That's not bravery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So oh my gosh. embracing fear 
is a really important thing that can help you see, oh my goodness, I'm afraid of things that I shouldn't be afraid of. You know, I'm not afraid to walk into a courtroom and fight and lose or fight and win, but I'm afraid to acknowledge that I don't play very well with my son. Yes. Well, that just doesn't seem very manly. (laughs) that's so true you know so I struggled to play with my son I didn't want to leave it that way so I I got help and I found ways to change it the thing about the mind is you can change it we all have habitual thinking we it's created when we're a kid we've been using it our whole life but that habitual thinking can change with consistent intention and action. So like when you exercise, Wendy, if you have a mantra or in the moment that you feel that connection, you know, from jogging or running, if in that moment you think of grief, anything you have grief about, that's healing. Like, you know, there are so many ways we can do work that is simple We're already doing the things. We already have created the structure, the exercise, for which all we need to do is add something to it, and we can heal ourselves during exercise. Why wouldn't you do that if you can? You know, it's kind of like saying, I mean, I know anybody that's ever worked out with a trainer understands form is important. Yeah. Oh, working on your inside? That's form. It's important. Yes. Families, I have a question for you. Would you love to be able to set really strong boundaries and rules with your children and then follow through with consistency and firm kindness? If yes, listen up. I have a program called the Firm and Kind Parenting Blueprint that I'd love for you to go check out. You can learn more over at freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind. Inside of this quick, easy to finish program, I'll teach you four steps to really setting those strong roles, but then following through in a way where you're using connection and firm kindness. And what I'll teach you will actually cause your children to want to cooperate with you because they truly respect you and value the rule and the boundary and understand how it serves them, not just something that they have to do or else. And it's just an incredible feeling when you go to bed at night knowing that you followed through on the rules and the strong boundaries in your home without relying on hand-me-down parenting tactics like fear, force, threats, yelling, harsh punishments that really create usually fear in your household, right? We want our children to listen to us because they respect us and because they understand why being part of the team, cooperating well, respecting rules, all those things, why that feels good as a human being. We want to do those things in ways that cause our children to want to respect us, not just because they're scared of us or a consequence. And that's exactly what I'm going to teach you inside this program. So again, head on over to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind to learn more. But in under an hour, this program will teach you some really effective strategies on how to create agreements with your kids instead of compliance statements, which is where a lot of parents 
kids go wrong and why their children don't end up respecting the rules or the agreements that they've made. And then I'm going to teach you how to use empathy. I'll teach you how to engage your kids' critical thinking skills when you tell them to do something and they say no. And then I'm also going to encourage you to understand how to empower your children. When children feel empowered, especially strong-willed kids, they will cooperate a whole heck of a lot easier, okay? So I want you to go learn about this program and let me know if you have any questions. FreshStartFamilyOnline.com forward slash firm and kind. Yeah, I think it's important for people to realize too that when this first kind of stares at you in the face, you might want to retreat and you might feel... Um, you might feel like I get defensive. I don't, you know, I don't want to be wrong or I want to say, okay, I'm okay being wrong, but let me like, let me humble you as well. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Okay. If I'm going to work on, if I'm going to work on two things, like I'm I'm going to give you your two things to work uh, out too, because we got to both be wrong together. But so everybody kind of deals with it in a slightly different way. But what I want to encourage people listening to understand is, that feeling is your indicator that you need to step into it, not run away from it, that you need to kind of, you know, so to speak, like set your defense down, put your guns down (laughs) and say, okay, I need to look at this with fresh eyes. I need to step into it. I either need to get, um, you know, some help or spend a little time self-reflecting on it to see what, what I haven't been seeing. Um, but I would just encourage people just, to, you know, if you start to feel this, this feeling of defensiveness, or I want to run the other way, that's your indicator that you, that you really should do this. Yeah, it is. And it's okay to feel that and even react to it because most of us don't come to the table finally until we've, um, spilled a few things, you know, <laughs> we, it, it's a little messy. That's okay. You know, and just to, the idea I know it's early morning where I am, but spitting in soup, I'm going to talk about that. That's when somebody spits in your soup, it's done. You know, you can't (laughs) clean it out. It's over. It's ruined. It doesn't matter how big of a ladle you get. It's over. And and the thing is, the moment you're defensive, everyone else knows what you don't know. And that, to me, is unacceptable. They already know. Just like you see someone when they're defensive, you know, oh, I'm right about a lot. <laughs> and the person defensive is 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 losing. <laughs> it doesn't right. matter what they say, you know. And as a man, I want to be right. And if I am wrong, that's a problem. And so <laughs> when I'm defensive, I know for sure there's something for me to see. And if I think the smart thing is to know that and not look, that is dumb. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. I smell, Hey, uh, uh, do you smell smoke, honey? No, but there's a fire. (laughs) Everybody can smell it. (laughs) Your no, it confirms you can smell it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And so so then all I want to say is then you can either be right uh, 
to one person in the world, that's yourself and you look dumb, or you can just accept the fact that one plus one equals two and you're arguing for one plus one equals three. It's just not true. When you're defensive, something's going on. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. We, we see this so much in, you know, the work of positive parenting around like, like when families try to switch from, you know, traditional punishment, a lot of like fear, force, pain, kids gotta, you gotta make them feel worse in order to make them feel to, to behave better. And then a new concept gets brought into the family of like, Hey, there's this thing called compassionate discipline. Maybe you try it. I see a lot of the defensiveness show up there, especially in the spouses. Yeah. So, oh my goodness, it's so good. And well, and two more things for you before we wrap up today, Dan. Gosh, I wish we could literally talk for hours, but um, you know, I hear a lot of the men specifically in our Bonfire membership program. I want to make sure that you know everyone listening understands that we talk a lot about like, you know, the the heavy-handed of like not heavy-handed, but like the the aggression or the anger or the like defensiveness. But there's a lot, I think. Uh, men and women doesn't matter, but um, who go to like the withdraw, the the protection becomes like it's all my fault. Um, I give in. I can't like I have trouble sticking to the boundaries with my kids. Like um, it's you know almost to a pl- it's uh, for lack of a better word, it can become like a victim mindset, right? Like you know, as far as like just making sure everyone understands that there's all different types of things that can show up in your life where you realize like, ah, oh, this doesn't seem to be working very well. Yeah. Like when I kids help, sure. yeah. <laughs> they're delightful helpers. Yes. Yeah. But it's like not always so heavy handed. It can be like, if some, if you realize like, gosh, I keep going to this place where I feel like, you know, it's my fault or um, I'm the worst, or I just thought it was important to point out that it's, it's cause I feel like there's a lot of talk around like the, this, like the defensiveness and the anger comes out, but there's other signals that stuff is going yeah. on that we need. There, you, you can tell because you'll have a feeling, a physical feeling that often involves tightness somewhere. That's how you can usually tell you're in a protection. You'll feel it. You know, I think it's important to mention, too, that confidence and self-esteem are two different things. You know, you might be a confident person. Mm -hmm. People may see and feel that confidence. But if your self-esteem doesn't match that confidence, it's like you're, you're the only one not benefiting from it. And so you you may even feel confident, but if you've got an internal dialogue that is not accurate, like your self-esteem is not giving you pleasure, you know, then that's something to work on. And the reality is your family may not know if if you are confident, you may do a pretty good job of hiding. But again, hiding isn't very courageous. Yeah. You know, and yes. so when you have something different going on internally than what people think going on externally, stop that. You're denying yourself the pleasures and the peace and the joy that just naturally comes, even in chaos. You know, you come home. If you can come home with a self esteem that is loving, and you can come home with an open heart and you're stressed, you might have a a difficult night. 
But at some point, everybody can start laughing. Right. And the <laughs> moment the laughter is there, it's cleansed. Oh, and if you can so laugh good. at yourself, you know, oh my gosh, I can see everybody is walking on eggshells because of me right now. Let's yeah. do something about that. Oh my gosh, can you imagine as a child if your dad would have said, oh my gosh, you're walking on eggshells because of me, buddy? Oh. oh. Now, if that doesn't require bravery, oh, you know, I, yeah. I, I don't know what else would. Well, so I, can, I can see it in, in both of us right now. I mean, just in you talking about that, it's, um, wow. Yeah, anytime yeah. I think, like, again, it's not to come down on your parents, but when you start to, when you, when I, when you, people ask questions like that, um, it always hits me. Like, what if, what would that have been like as a child to have your yeah. dad turn to you and be like, whoops. I'm doing that thing again, aren't I? Where I intimidate yeah. you or I... I've been thinking yes. about work and I'm in a fight at work. And I yeah. can tell when I'm thinking about that with you, I'm not I'm not listening very well. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that kind of thing to me makes me feel like a man. Mm. You yes. know, the man I want to be. And it's not about, oh, I wish my dad would have been that way. I work on those things. We all work on that stuff. But it's really about recognizing, oh, I didn't have that. And I can see how I've had to do a lot of work around that. I want to see if I can't avoid that for my kid. He'll have other work. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. But my job is to look at what is truthfully there and handle it whether that's inside of me or it's outside of me. That's what I want to do. And I think all men and, and, and moms too, you know, they want that as well. And so the truth is you're a work in progress. That's the deal. Yes. Oh my gosh. One last thing before we wrap up. I, the, when you talk about the self-confidence versus it was well, self-esteem. Self-esteem. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. I remember another pivotal moment was I was in class, parenting class, actually, with Susie Walton, our you know, dear her. friend. Oh, my gosh. And um, we had done this exercise where we were kind of reliving, kind of like, you know, going through and redoing a situation that had like gone not so well with our parents. And I remember there's this one situation where we, my, my dad and I got into a fight. I feel like I was 13 or something. Um, he was like trying to take away the TV in my room, like some traditional punishment of like, I'll show you kid, I'll stick it to you. And I was like fighting for it, man. I was a spicy kid and I was fighting for it. And we were like, you know, got into this thing and somehow I fell down and, and I like cut my leg, like my upper leg really bad. Like I still have this scar where I'm like, whoa, I wonder if that needed or stitches that day, but whatever, it's fine. And, um, and it was just this, like, even thinking about it now it was so full of like, it was traumatic, right? Cause you're just stuck in this, like everyone's emotions are high. And then in my family, it was like the next day, it was like, you never talked about it. There was no redos. There was no amends. There was no reconciliation. It was like, well, that friggin' sucked. And then the next day it was, or dinner, it was like, would you like iced tea or water? You know, I was like, we're not going to talk about this. Like it just, everything got brushed underneath <laughs> the rug, but I was really, we were doing this exercise around and I think we redid it or something. And I remember raising my hand and being like, okay, that was cool. And all. I like the redo, but like, I don't feel like that kind of stuff affected me. And I, I remember saying the classic, like, 
I'm fine. I'm fine. Like, you know, you hear parents say that all the time. Well, I was raised with corporal punishment and I'm fine. Air quotes, fine. And Susie just looks straight at me and she goes, okay. She goes, how's your self-esteem? And I was like, oh, I'm good. I was like, have you seen me? Like I walk around. I mean, you know, I'm like, my response would have been, shut up, Susie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, but I remember the question was so weird to me. I was like, you see me, I am a confident, I wear cheetah jackets. I will tell you how I feel. I am the one, like I will speak up. I am brave. And, and that was another pivotal moment where it just permeated into the cells of my being. And here we are 10 years ago. And it almost, it like evokes emotion in me. Cause I was like, fuck, no, I was not. I did not have fucking self-esteem. I had fucked up. <laughs> and thank God, because of this work, like I've unraveled so much. And now, holy shit, I have so much self-esteem now. Like, I think I'm the coolest, <laughs> most <That's> amazing, awesome. <laughs> loving, kind, courageous, brave person I know. Besides Terry, he's my favorite ah! person in the world. But like, that's self-esteem. Your self-esteem like... matches the cheetah jacket. <laughs> It does. Like, yeah. It's so different than the self-confidence. Like when you can really love yourself and that's what happens when you lean into this work. So I agree. Dan, um, beautiful. tell us, I know, tell the listeners like where they can find you. Oh my gosh. I know you've, you are so busy right now. Tell us a little bit about what you've experienced as far as like through COVID. I know you've had, um, you know, just a full schedule of coaching, but tell the listeners, especially the men, I would love for so many of my students and my bonfire members, especially my dads um, that are the listeners of this podcast to find you, to book a coaching session with you. Tell us about what that looks like. How do they find you? Do you even have room for more coaching stuff right now? And, and maybe just a little bit of like the similarities you've seen in COVID as far as Everyone, everyone needs more support than ever right yeah, now, right? Yeah, I have seen patterns. You know, when this started, I, I traveled a lot to teach and that stopped. And so uh, it slowly but surely started to build up in coaching to where I'm full-time every day, mostly phone, uh, probably 60% Zoom. I've noticed that people before who Zoom would have just not worked, you know, there's been enough challenges that now Zoom is okay because it's better than nothing. Yeah. You know, so, and I have seen patterns in families where, you know, during COVID one week, all of a sudden the families are at each other, you know, versus, you know, two weeks before people were done with it, you know, even though it's not done with us. <laughs> you know, so I see a lot of patterns and, and this COVID creates ambiguity in the brain. And, you know, ambiguity is a certain part of the brain. It's different than risk. Nobody handles ambiguity well. Some people handle risk better than others. But when COVID is ambiguous, it's hard on us. It's going to create stress and anxiety. Now, we're getting close to where we can predict what's going to occur. When that happens, everybody's going to feel better. Now, you have some people who, who want to pretend like it's risk now. 
you know, I'll just do whatever I want. I'll accept the risk. It's just that the risk is ambiguous. It's not a risk yet. So people are freaking out a little. I notice that. Now, in terms of my coaching, like I'm full, but I always have cancellations, you know, so I wouldn't tell people not to reach out to me, but they can find me, Google me, my you know, my name is my website, but there are also, gosh, there are so many good coaches that you and I, you, uh, the three of us know. So people can find someone they work with. Well, you know, the key I would say is when you want to coach, you're calling to coach yourself. You're not calling to fix your partner. Yes, yes. And so, you know, you can start out with, here's what I'm mad at my kids for. Here's what I'm mad at my wife for. But we're going to talk about you, you know, and that's the key. Um, You will never regret doing work on yourself. You will regret not. It's Mm -hmm. that simple. If you think about what would I tell my child to do? You would tell your child to do whatever it takes to have their life be as full and happy as possible. Working with someone always does that, whether you're working with a trainer to build your physical, you're working with an accountant to improve your business, you find someone that can help you see what you don't see on the inside. Now, your alternative would be to sit down with your family and say, tell me everything that is wrong with me. And I suggest that's not as productive. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> because that's overwhelming. So, I, I, you know, my attitude about it is it's a gift to give yourself. And it's a gift that if you don't give yourself, it has consequences. Yeah. Just what life requires. And and when I think of, you know, the typical masculine man, here's what I'd like the masculine man to say. It's what life requires. We do it. Mm -hmm. You know, and if you're a a sensitive man, it's what life requires. Do it. Either way. (laughs) (laughs) It's the same sentence. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's so good. All right. Well, even though your schedule is very full right now, Dan, listeners, reach out, shoot Dan an email. Even if you can get on Dan's schedule like four months from now, wives, this would be an incredible present for your husbands, for their birthdays, for Valentine's Day, for Christmas, if you can somehow get on Dan's schedule. Or like Dan said, we have so many friends um, who are coaches through Your Infinite Life Training and Coaching Company. Um, We'll make sure we put everything in the show notes page so you can contact Dan. You can learn more about his services. You can learn more about Your Infinite Life and the coaches. um, Really big network of coaches that are under And you can find someone that fits you well. Yes, yes. And I and I'm always happy to happy to help with that, my team and I. So um you can always shoot me an email too. But thank um, you Dan, for having me. Yes, that was oh, so this is fun. great. Oh, if, you, if you cut your hair, Terry, be sure and let me know. Yeah, no, I feel like we're in this together now. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's yeah. a problem that I'm unwilling to work on. <laughs> no, it, it's great. I'm actually after after we hang up this call, I got a screenshot this uh, this screen right here um, because it's it's beautiful. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's, it's, I'm gonna, 
Are you going to shoot a photo of it? I'm gonna, yep. I'm going to take a photo here in a second. Thanks but for listening, Dan, everybody. Dan, right, we guys. love you. Love you. I love Bye. you so much. Bye. For links and more info about everything we talked about in today's episode, head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash 89. For more information, go to freshstartfamilyonline.com. Thanks for listening, families. Have a great day. All right, families, that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I loved recording it for you. It's now time to join the waitlist for our Fresh Start Full Mastery Program that starts in April. When you join the waitlist, you'll get instant access to the No Holds Barred Cheat Sheet, three common fears and beliefs that hold parents back from reaching full fluency as an empowered parent. Plus, you'll get special pricing when the program launches in April. Just head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash full mastery to hop on the wait list now and I'll send you more details. As always, thanks for listening. Please share this episode with friends and family who you think would benefit by either texting them the link or screenshotting and throwing up a story over on Instagram saying why you love this episode. Just be sure to tag me. I'm at Fresh Start Wendy so I can say hello in the DMs and personally thank you for being awesome.